you bring darkness and financial burden to my life. Remember, fuck first. Happy Valentine's Day. Welcome to Gay Talk 2.0, the ultimate podcast for your dose of dish. Good evening, ladies and gents, and welcome to another episode of Gay Talk 2.0, an LGBT podcast streaming live on GayTalk20.com, where you can access the live stream there uh, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can do so by just going to our website, clicking on the live stream button that's very big there, nice and big and colorful, and uh, listen to us live and uh, do do your, do your duty. Um, we're here today. It's going to be a, a very, very crazy episode, uh, hopefully a good one. My name is Tom, and I'm your host, and as always, I'm in the studio with my amazing co-host, starting with... With the first one. Hey y'all, Nick or Trish. And Jay Bear, aka your boyfriend's boyfriend. And welcome you all to the dish. We're here. We're queer. Um, I have to say that over the course of the last week, um, it's been queer everything. And we're gonna definitely get into that later on today. But before we do that, we've got our round table uh-huh. and uh I'm gonna toss it over to my queens. To my queens, oh my 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 kings, my slash kings queens, my sweens, kings and queens, yeah, all of y'all, princes, um, princesses, to sort of kind of give us a rundown of how everyone's been. So why don't we start with you, Trish? How are you? Well, uh, let me start off with um, I feel violated. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> oh God! You're fine. Tom has this new setup in the in the studio, and we have three iPhones that then face directly at us. And I did like not that. approve this message. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Like, no. <laughs> You're fine, girl. You're fine. Just, you know, we just got to make sure that our makeup's hi. on point going forward. The good thing is the microphone. I'm going to have to start bringing touch up shit with me. <laughs> no, like, the microphone is in your face. Oh Watch. God, you see? Yeah, I'm just going to so do like, this from now on. Look. look. Yeah. You can hide right yeah. behind the microphone. So that's okay. I'll find a way to hang a camera right here. <laughs> Uh, nasty, nasty. I'm going to hide the camera right here. I'm going to put another little stick coming down just for you. In an angle, in an angle. (laughs) So, yes, I feel violated. So thank you, Tommy. It's been a while. Oh, you're welcome. Um, You're welcome. But other than that. I I do what I can to serve a purpose. So, um, um, well, you did good this week. We started at six oh one. So, yeah, because we didn't have the you know the the difficulties that we normally do. Mm-hmm, yeah, when I'm trying to navigate this, 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 and all of that. Are we recording? I hope. Well, you hit the button. Anyway, I mean, as far as like stuff, <laughs> I don't know. I had a good start to the week. Um, as you know, I've been dealing with the Pride Center and mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that's been going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Monday morning, we got a call from Senator Blumenthal's office. Nice. And our nonprofit status was reinstated officially. Which is fabulous. And we got the letter. Uh, it showed up literally same day. Um, and then following that day, um, the next morning, we got a direct deposit from the state for our state line item. So... It was positive. It was good. It felt well, that, like that's good some news. type of relief. Right. You know right. what I mean? Because we've been working so hard the past three and a half months to try to um, just kind of like get everything uh, back to normal. Um, and yeah, so that was a 
big win. I'm 100% back in Galiland, so you know how that goes. And she's going to be very busy, um, so there's a chance that you might see her go in and out. She might not be here a week. She might be here the next, Mm -hmm. but we'll work it out, you know. We'll we'll make it work. I officially uh, put my notice in. I'm going to be leaving partners. I know. I'm so sad because, you know, one of my highlights every Sunday is to be able to to work with my bitch, you know. I annoy the fuck out of her, but, you know. Not really. It happens. (laughs) So No, honestly, like, I feel like I'll still visit, but I'm just, I'm so relieved to know that, like, I can have my Sunday nights back and wake up Monday feeling refreshed and not dead to the world. So let me give you um, a, a little bit of um, uh, a pointer, pointers and backgrounds here on that. So you think, right? So when I first, when I stopped oh after the, <laughs> after the pandemic, you know, when the bars reopened, I decided I wasn't going to go back and start working. Um, and as a bartender, and I thought that I was going to, oh, my God, I'm going to be well rested. Things are going to be, you know, happening and all is going to be well in the land of Oz. And I'm going to get so much time back. Bullshit. Because you're still in that mode. So come Sunday night, you're probably going to be like, I can't sleep. I'm tossing, turning. You're doing other things I think I'll be until okay. one or two in the morning. I think I'll be OK. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so but at least I mean, that was my experience until, you know, it, it, my body officially said, OK, you're not stopping abruptly at seven o'clock to get ready and yeah. head to the bar mm-hmm. to go bartend. And that's the weird thing, right? Like on Sundays when I'm, you know, doing laundry and getting ready for the week, I'm like, okay, I got to make sure I can fit in an hour nap. And then I got to go to the bar. And I just feel like my whole day is surrounded by the fact that I have a shift. Right. And, but I mean, that's 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 our whole lives, yeah, right? <laughs> and like, it kind of limits what you want to do because if you're planning on doing something, and then, like, I can't go to brunch and yeah, have cocktails, exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I I can't. Not that um, like that's who said you can't. Oh man, I totally could. But I, yeah, if I if I, I mean, day drink, you know, I just can't. Like, I cannot. You don't want to deal with people. That's afterwards. one of the qualifications oh, yeah. to be able to work <laughs> with partners that you're non-functional. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we did have a funny a funny thing happen at the bar. On Sunday night, we met somebody new. Um, I'm not going to name. Oh, my God. That was hilarious. So funny. So this guy that was visiting from D.C. came in and he he was sitting at the bar all night. Um, Very sweet guy. Sang a couple songs. Had Mm -hmm. a lot of fun. Um, But at the end of the night, he had been sitting next to this one person all night long. His dancing was so quirky. I know. I was living for it. Me too. Um, Okay. (laughs) I was like, at one point I said, I'm going to marry you when you move here. Um, But (laughs) he was talking to this older guy who I don't, I mean, like, if you didn't know him and you just kind of like met him for the first time, you could think he's a Trumper. You know what I right, mean? Right. And so they're talking and he had said something about visiting DC and without a fucking beat, the kid goes and turns around and goes, when was it? January 6th? No, that's not what it was. Oh. So what it was is that he started talking to this guy um, that uh, apparently had, you know, went and testified in front of Congress. Oh, I didn't hear that part. So, because he does advocacy for LGBTQ groups and LGBTQ rights. And so he was like, oh, well, you know, I've, I've testified in front of Congress. And without missing a beat, he was like, when, January 6th? 
Tom and I, I died. Died. I was like, this bitch. I was like, if she ain't leaving yet, you should have her totally come Wednesday and sit with us. But she had to go, so she was leaving already. Yeah. So I sent her a message. Yeah. Yeah. But she was nice. Yeah. She was nice. I liked her. Yeah. I liked her. Maybe we're, we're in D.C. We'll sort of kind of like connect and and whatnot we yes. connected on facebook so well i got his number so, so. well that's Ooh. fabulous yeah so we'll you know we'll figure something out when we're in dc we'll hang out we'll go to the green lantern and do all the crazy oh things that you know God. that we do and um already then and uh, do all of that yeah oh my god you would have had so much fun that weekend that was insane chris <laughs> ran all of washington dc without a shirt on oh yeah that uh, night that mm-hmm. sounds like fun yeah, it was it was fabulous. We had a good time. Yeah, and what about you, Jay Bird? How are you? How are you feeling first and foremost? Um, some relief. Still dealing with pains, unfortunately. Um, right. So I noticed I, you're I sitting found, a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My neck keeps bugging out. And, my neck. My back. I had I had some needling done today, which was mm-hmm. kind of good, but it 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 only helps a few hours, and then right. pains back there. So mm-hmm. it's a pain in the fucking neck is literally what it is. <laughs> neck in the ass yeah. so so interesting yeah not not bad um low-key weekend had mom on sunday had a had a run mom to the urgent care oh on sunday well that's not um so <laughs> you know <laughs> so i mean dealing with an adult that's dealing with with the mm-hmm. alzheimer's and and dementia is like dealing with a child and mm-hmm. unfortunately i took my eyes off of her for a few minutes while we were at my sister's house my niece was letting her pup out, her dog. He's a small chihuahua mix. Ankle thingy. biter. Yeah. And mom went to pet him, and I think she poked him in the face, and he bit her in the finger Ooh. and ripped her open. Oh, God. I remember one time <laughs> I went to visit you, and you had Basta uh, When at the I time? first adopted him, yes. And he was, like, under the table, and he was not trying to get out of yeah, that he table. He bit everybody. <laughs> he bit my wife. He bit your day. wife and literally sliced her skin open. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, my God. And she goes, like, I'll be fine. Yeah. I was yeah. like, okay. Yeah, was that, like, yeah that, that was a... That was a bit of a transition with him, especially yeah. the the guy that I adopted that dog from literally had him caged all the time. And he wasn't a, used to being around a lot of people. So he was used to starting getting used to being in my backyard. Yep. And then I invited people over and he freaked out and hid under the picnic table. Right. And then oh. if you wanted to sit under the picnic table, he wasn't be, letting anybody that near the table because that was his safe yeah. cave. Yeah. You know, and you so, put your feet in there, honey, you're going to end up with that. Food. Yeah, yeah. Well, so he's yeah. a cute little so, boy. Yeah, but, but mom's okay. Thank God. You okay. know, no stitches needed. They they don't stitch up uh, dog bites because they say that it's called the dirty bite so that they want to make sure you're able to get in there and clean it mm-hmm. up. Right. So spent a couple hours at urgent care with her and, you know, and we're sitting at urgent care and she's like, when did the, did the dog bite me again? Like she wasn't even an hour since the incident happened. She already forgot. Oh, wow. So, you know, it's like. I mean, that could be a blessing in disguise, yeah, right? Because yeah. she could be terrified of the dog for yeah, the rest of yeah. her life. But, um, you know, kind of sucks. But it's like, you, you know, I and I, when my other sister called me, she's like, oh, come drop, you know, bring her to me and I leave her with me for a couple of hours. And I'm like, don't do this and don't do that. And don't. And she's like, you act like she's a baby. And I'm like, you have to treat her like such. Yeah. Right. Because she's at that stage now right. where she's wandering off. 
Mm-hmm. And that's the last thing I need from you is a call saying, Mom, wander off. I don't know what the hell she's at. Right. Yeah. Well, my grandma so, was went through the, a similar thing, but her thing was she loved to cook, right? Yeah. So she would always leave the oven or the stove on. And it was like, you know, it's gas. So it's like fire yeah. or the grill outside. Mm. And like my grandpa just was like, no. He wasn't believing that it was a real thing. And so my dad had to like go over there almost like every day just to check. check. Yeah. Yeah. And it's scary. It's scary. Yeah, right? Before because- before we did the transition with mom into the nursing home, like I would go and cook for her. Like every day I would go to work, spend the day at work, leave work, go straight to her house, cook for her, clean for her. And and my argument with her was like, don't touch anything. I'll do it when I get here. Right. And then she would try to cook all the time. And she'd forget, and she'd burn the rice every single time. Ugh. But what she would do is she would put it into a different pot and take the pot that was burnt and clean it out and put it away. But you can smell the burnt. Right. When rice burns, you smell yeah, yeah, the yeah, burnt. Yeah, yeah, And they used to be like, Mom, you burnt rice again. No, no, that rice is fine. That's you. That's you. So it was a constant everyday thing with her. Right. So I got her a rice cooker. Figured that'll be that, easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get I get there one day and she had put so much rice into the rice cooker, <laughs> it looked like popcorn. <laughs> Typical Puerto yeah. Rican woman, oil all to, over like, the counter. So you know it's it's a challenge. It's yeah. a challenge. Try, trying to cook five hundred pounds of rice. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> you know, and I got her a small rice cooker because she was living alone. You know, yeah. but it, it's always a challenge. But. Yeah, she's you know she's doing fine. I called to check up on her. She called me twice while we were upstairs earlier because she keeps forgetting she talked to me. That's so cute so, though when she calls. Yeah, she's, so, she's cute. Yeah. Hola, mi estás? Yeah, you know how it is. <laughs> you know, but, and parents parents can be. You know, the, the crazy thing is that you know we go through life learning from our parents, right? We we try to avoid becoming our parents, but in the end, we become we become them. I'm acknowledging i am coming to terms with the fact that i'm doing a lot of things that my mother used to do and that scares me or that she still does uh which is scary um but eventually we do become them and it's scary when when you are going through and and trying to i'm sorry i'm never going to become a republican (laughs) well i mean you just never know Girl, you just never. Girl. Know. Um, I mean, Mr. Wright comes along. Mm-hmm. Mr. Wright, Mr. Wright. Depending on the bank account, he's yeah. gonna, he's gonna so, be like, "Where's my see? red hat?" No. <laughs> but no, I guess what I was gonna say is that you yeah, know, it's no, it's, it's, true, it's very hard to yeah. to grasp the concept of having to treat your parent like a child yes. and take care of them as like a child when that is what they it to you right they raised you and they taught you and you learned from them and all of a sudden you're finding yourself having to almost like become the teacher yeah you're parenting your parents it's 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 a very weird feeling and you know it's not one that i want anyone to ever have to experience but unfortunately that's the reality of the world that's but i also feel like for you it's a little different because i feel like you've always kind of even with your mom but with your family in general, you've always been kind of like the rock. Like everybody leans on you. Like you've always been ever since I've known you kind of like, I I don't want to say father figure, but like the stability in your family. Well, I mean, I go back to that Ted talk that you keep referencing all the time, right? The one gay person that sort of kind of puts everybody in their place. That's me. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, I mean, it happens. Not that your mom is like your mom is one hundred percent amazing. She's a she's a hoot. Yeah, and she's like, but you're you're always like, uh, yeah, I'll take care of that. Like even this Sunday, you're like, I had to go to Costco for mom. <laughs> yeah, right. No, but so I'll tell you a story. So I went to Costco. I picked up you know some laundry detergent and you know Swiffer little thingy majiggies that she needed. Anything she needed, I just stock up on it and I just bring it to her. And when I get to the house. Um, I'm hearing beeps from the fire alarms all over the house. And I'm like, Ma, your batteries are like on the frets. They're ready to go. And she goes like, well, eh, they'll be fine. I'm like, no, you have to replace these every year. And usually people do it. And we fall back an hour. You buy batteries and you replace them every year in November. The first week of November, when you turn the clocks back, you replace your batteries. So that way you never forget. And she goes like, well, I don't know when was the last time I did them. And I said, well, listen, I pulled them all out. I said, here's the battery that you need to get. You get a nine volt battery mm-hmm. and you need four of them. You have four in this apartment. So you need four of them. And when when you get them, have my brother put them in. <laughs> so we're nonchalantly having coffee or whatever. And I just get on my phone. I go to like, you know, I go, I go to Amazon and I'm just like, all right, here's a four pack. Boom, 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 boom. I changed the, the, the delivery address and I just, they arrived today. So I said, now you have the batteries. My brother has no excuse. Make sure he replaces them. These are important. And, you know, do what you got to do. They're waiting for you to come and change them. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I even rely on you. <laughs> she does. She's nasty. Literally was well, last Saturday, was it? Or the Saturday before, I was like, the battery in my um, uh, my car key starter thing it oh. keeps it's it's low. Can I just go to that like battery store on the corner and get it replaced? And he's like, like he's like one. he pops it open. He's like, oh, I got it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not saying I was planning that. <laughs> I store stuff, so I you know, I have you know as but the thing is too as someone who needs to use a machine that has a twenty thirty two battery size in it. Yeah. I won't say what it is because Mama doesn't know. Uh. Um, I have plenty of those batteries on hand, so in case you know my little machine that I use every day dies, I can just pop in a new battery. So you just happen to take my last one. I got to order another four pack. Oh. And that's so. that's what I was gonna say. You can never buy one battery. It's right. It's a four pack mm-hmm. or an eight pack or or a two pack. Yeah, right. I actually I I had to replace the batteries on 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 my alarm for the truck, mm-hmm. and I have a glucometer a glucometer for my my diabetes mm-hmm. check my blood blood glucose same right. battery right so i ordered a pack through amazon and it brought like 12 batteries right and you just sort yeah. of kind of yeah, store so, them and- yeah so when at home sometimes the girls are like oh my my car alarm's not working oh you need a new battery and then, so you how wanna, do you have these you, you want to hear something stupid i mean it's stupid but it's funny <laughs> because it is so the battery pack brings a warning that says keep away from children yes. right and then the packs come sealed you have to cut like you can yeah, cut yeah, yourself yeah. trying to get rid of that, like get yeah. the plastic off. It's a mission. But then it says, you know, um, that you shouldn't allow children to ingest the batteries. And on the package, it says they have a very, very sour flavor for this purpose. And I'm like, sour. I put that fucking shit on my tongue just, and it was sour. It was disgusting. Yeah. I was like, well, hopefully that causes them to spit it out. Well, but that's the whole point. Yeah. Why the fuck did I put it in my mouth to begin with? Well, actually, <laughs> funny enough, uh-huh. when my when I was a kid, 
these it's not the same thing as a nine volt then these warnings are important <laughs> these warnings are important because yes, are. my brother <laughs> took a watch battery which is much smaller than the battery i needed for my key and he stuck it in his ear because he wanted to do a magic trick and have it come out the other side holy sh- so yeah, we, that was another er trip. ER, ER visit. <laughs> but like oh, but where the fuck did he get the battery me? Oh no, yeah. That doesn't surprise yeah. me. That's Chris. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, we're not talking about our Chris. We're talking about his brother Chris. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's a hoot and a, an amazing person and I'm very proud of him. He's been doing fantastic. <laughs> Demi, Daddy to Demi, Demi went to her goddess Demi goddess. She went to her first day of daycare today. Really? Oh yeah. Wait. She's only a year and a half. No, she's a she'll be a year this month next week. She's not even a year. Oh, oh, well day, daycare. Yeah. Daycare. I thought you well, they yeah. start them off early, man. Damn. My my brother sent me a photo of her, and who cried the most, him or his wife? I don't know. Actually, <laughs> I haven't talked to him. To ask him. But a photo of her, like, so the first thing she did was crawl over to a boy, another little boy, and like it's a photo of her looking at the little boy, and the little boy's looking at her, and like I think touching it, touching her face or whatever. But he he sends it to my family, and he's like, she's already flirting. She takes after Amanda. (laughs) Flirt away, baby girl. Flirt Flirt away. away. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, No, but that's cute, though. That's cute. But yeah, I I I tasted the battery. Sweet. So, but that's it. But that's all I have. So um, that's all I have in regards to great story. Yeah, it's you know me and Amazon. Somebody needs to take my Amazon membership and just cancel it. Yeah, every right. day, every day yeah, I find right. something. Oh, I need that. Yeah. Boom. Oh, I need that. Boom. Same thing. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's bad. It's really bad. I was like, you know, the air fryer. I found a replacement. Um, thing for it. Yeah, like my blender, it's one like of my cups. So <laughs> remember when I installed my my new dishwasher? The heating element wasn't turning off after it was done. So anything plastic that was in there was melting, warping, warping and melting. And one of my my Ninja blender cups warped it to the point where I can't use it anymore. So I finally ordered two more, two more of the 32 ounces that I use to like blend smoothies or whatever. And then I just ordered two more of the 24 ounces as well. I was like, okay, well, I might as well make these our official drink glasses because these are massive. Nice. I mean, there's 24 ounces and 32. Hello. Vodka, juice, this, we're good, we're gravy. Frozen margaritas all summer. I have like four of them, four (laughs) or five now upstairs and they all fit and I tested it and it was fabulous. I made that ginger juice yesterday. It was very good. Yes, it was. Yeah, I've been on this thing, you know, like where I see things and I'm like, I have to try that because that looks delicious. And so I saw this video on TikTok and it was this woman talking about how, how she loves having the fact that she lives with a cook. And that her husband does all these crazy concoctions. And one of them was fresh ginger root, which he peeled, soaked in water, threw in the blender, and then added filtered or bottled water. And then to that, um, a fresh squeezed lemon, and then blended all of that and then strained it to get all the the pulp out. And then to the juice, you add um, honey. And then you shake that up really well. You pour it over ice and drink it. And it was delicious. So how much are you supposed to drink of that? So I drink the whole thing. The whole cup? The whole cup. 
Like I do once a day, I drink the whole cup and, you know, cause I'm trying to get my gut in, in some kind of order. Cause she's been a hot mess for the yeah. past year and a half. Girl, you and me both. So, um, and I find that, you know, when I drink it, it settles my stomach in a very yeah. nice well, way. The ginger does. And, and I mean, yeah. those are common items that are used a lot. And yeah. um, I know quite a few people that, that use it when, especially when they get upset stomachs. Yeah. yeah. So, so that, that's basically what I've been up to gingering my life. Gingering. <laughs> You know. literally. G- literally he's getting his gin- more ways than he's getting one. his ginger one way or another isn't he <laughs> nasty, more nasty. ways than one all right so let's move on to um well we've got about four minutes to go over um you want to talk about the state of the union sure. mm. you're a liar you're a liar no you're a liar you're a liar someone's a liar it's somebody's a liar oh my <laughs> god can we talk about the crazy circus that was the State of the Union. And I'm not talking about Biden being, you know, um, the leader of the circus. I mean, I'm talking about the circus that was the Republican Party on half of this, like, you know, body. Um, You know, he's stating facts one after the other. And one of them, uh, he ended up he ended up started, you know, he started saying he said something to the effect that the Republican Party, not all of them, some of you. Uh, would like to sunset Social Security and Medicare. Mm-hmm. And the fucking whole left side of the chamber just went bananas and started screaming and booing. And then you get uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. What? Yeah, that bitch. That bitch. Liar! She's literally yelling from her seat way up in the back, like way in the back. And Liar! He, and here I am, like, my biggest thing with the whole, like, situation, like, when the fuck did people lose respect for the office of the president? You can disagree with him. Right. But during a State of the Union address, you sit there, you listen, you want to roll your eyes? Fine. That's what you have the rebuttal for at the end of the State like, of the shut Union. shut your fucking mouth. You look like a fucking... Like, like a hillbilly from Florida. You're straight up representing America, the American people. And oh, no, 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 no. She's representing Florida, a district in Florida, not the American people. Well, it wasn't just her, though. You well, know, and she these was people, the, but the, she was the only one that was vocally like mm, yelling from the en- edge of her seat. But the rest of them were booing. That's it's just crazy to me. But they I mean, in all fairness. We did it to Donald Trump. Well, Donald Trump doesn't count as a president. Well, you're right. Hashtag not mine. But. So, I mean, we understand. It was 44, 46. <laughs> so, but but the, the whole thing, so the whole situation that happened there with him setting, you know, saying that re- some Republicans and Kevin McCarthy was in the back, like, rolling oh my God, his, his eyes. His fucking face. I was like, I just want to smack him. I'm like, him. do you know you're on camera, asshole? Like, seriously. And he knows he was, too. And um and so the whole thing, the the whole exchange basically just finished with like because they were all mad at Biden for him saying that, right? Mm-hmm. And so he said, Okay, so what I'm hearing is that we all agree we're not gonna do anything to Social Security and Medicare, right? We're not gonna, you know, try to do away with it. There's not gonna be any legislation that you're gonna try to put on my desk but then he that also I have said, to veto. <laughs> yeah, he, he was right? like, Cause that I will I veto will the shit out of <laughs> yeah. it. And then they all stand up and start clapping. And he says, oh, good. So we agree. 
All the Republicans stood up and started clapping when he said that. I know. He suckered them into getting up and agreeing on national television that they weren't going to touch Medicare and Social Security. I know. I thought but that at was the, at the same time epic. that doesn't fucking Kinda matter. Punked them. <laughs> he literally like punked them and like just literally like you should have seen their faces like oh my god we're standing up and clapping we can't sit now and I noticed and I noticed. That every time that Kevin McCarthy clapped and stood up, his group stood up. Mm-hmm. And it was more often than not. Like, I found that McCarthy was, like, getting up a little bit like, okay, yeah, I, I can sign on to this. Uh, a little more than than usual. Um, and then there was an exchange between Santos, George Santos, and um, Mitt Romney where Romney was entering the chamber and George Santos went to say something. And I think Romney scolded him. They caught it all on camera. Like you can't hear what they're saying, but the body language. And then later on in an interview, Romney said that, you know, it's like, he said something to the effect. What I said to him was you're a joke and you shouldn't even be here. And he just kept walking. And you can see Santos like turn around and like say something, move his lips, but you can't, you can't hear what he's saying. But yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. And then I also noticed that people were walking in. The Supreme Court justices were walking in, but not all of them. Three of them did actually not attend and have not attended a State of the Union in several of them. But two retired justices showed up yesterday and sat in the crowd. Hmm. I was like, oh, that's interesting. So, of course, um, the three that didn't show up were Neil Gorsuch. Uh, which, yeah, you know, uh, uh, Thomas and show up and one more. I can't remember the the name of that one. Um, but it just makes me like I miss watching little old Ruth Bader Ginsburg just sitting there with her little frail little self. And she always used to put her hands in front of, you know, her her um her arms, you know, her arms in front of her legs and just sit there quietly and sort of kind of, yeah, nod her head or not say anything. But yeah, it was, I, I found it kind of interesting that not all Supreme Court justices have been attending these mm-hmm. and that only a certain few do. It was very interesting. Yeah. But it was very scandalous to, to say the least, because like you said, there are a lot of moments in where you feel the disrespect for the, for the presidency and for that office. Yeah. It's, crazy to me i also think like i read another article which you know i just said i wasn't ever going to be a republican but <laughs> I, I read another article mm-hmm. that 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 was like fact checking biden um which i found really interesting um because we always for a long time i feel like i took things at face value when i heard them mm-hmm. right but like, and uh, the majority of the time, let's face it, we do. Uh huh. Yeah. It, but like the things that he was t- when he was talking about like creating twelve million jobs, um, yeah, he has in the past two years, um, and he's added more uh, under any than any other single president. Um, but the reality is, <laughs> it's actually we're about we're about to face a recession, right? And, um. But are we really? I think so, yeah. Um, but like this is also because following the pandemic, all of these people were out of work. Right. And then and, all of a sudden they we all reopened. Get work. Like right. we reopened. Right. So 
yes, some of it was due to, um, you know, the work that he did, but a lot of it was due to, you know, the 1.9 trillion stimulus plan that was put into effect right. so that we could get people back to work. Right. 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 And so, so like while, I thought, while I I agree, thought that was a far fetched number, while it may be accurate, it may have underlying um, conditions that made it that look that fantastic. Yeah. And while I, I agree, like he, you know, it, this did happen under, you know, his leadership. Um, I think, you know, we also have to acknowledge right. that this is, this is in, you know, it was, it happened because we were all out of fucking work. Right. Yeah. But I mean, you also have to realize too, that it's been two years now. Almost. It's about to yeah, be two he's years. he's been in office for two years. He's been in office for two years, and but it's also going to be almost two years since we officially like started reopening everything. Yeah. And so... Since he start, pretty much... Right, because he came, into, mm-hmm. he came into office January of 2021, right? And on January 21st, he officially became president. Um, 2021... 2022 was his first year. 2023 now becomes his second official year in office. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing though we can't take away from the fact is that the rate of unemployment has been the lowest in more than 50 years. Um, yeah, which is which is great, but again, those numbers might that that might be attributed to the fact that there was large amounts of people who weren't working during the pandemic, mm-hmm. and. Whether that's true or not, it still doesn't take away from the fact that we've made and put more jobs that uh, has allowed us to actually bring those numbers down to a, to a historic low. And another thing that I wanted to, I, I fucking hate Trump, okay? Mm-hmm. I fucking hate him. But another thing I wanted to mention is that, you know, we had a huge deficit increase. You said it wrong. Huge, 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 huge deficit increase under Trump's administration. Right. Why? Well, they were giving away the store. They were giving away all this money that was necessary for people to survive. Right. You know, and and while. uh, No, 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 no. Stop, stop. Hard stop. They weren't giving away money to people to survive because the Trump administration did nothing with COVID. They didn't even no, want to. it was to, Congress. And Congress didn't do much either. It they wasn't. They passed all the fucking unemployment bills, and it was $8 trillion in increased funds. Well, the unemployment, but a lot of that didn't happen until the Democrats took control of Congress. So, right? So, because here's the thing. When, when Dump became president in 2016, mm-hmm. yeah, when he became president, he had... A Republican-controlled House, yeah. a Republican-controlled Senate, the presidency, and all they were focused on was overturning Obamacare. And that was when, you know, then the late Senator, um, uh, oh God, McCain, was the one vote in the Senate when he literally went like this, mm-hmm. that literally sunk that effort to take Obamacare away from people. So halfway through his term... Congress shifted. Yeah. We had a Democratic House majority control and Democratic Senate. And that's when things started passing. Trump's administration didn't do shit. So I just want to make sure that we're clear on that. Right. But I guess then what I'm the the point that I'm trying to make is Biden didn't necessarily. While the debt ceiling has reduced Mm -hmm. and previously 
the debt ceiling was increased, it was because of COVID. Not necessarily. There was a lot of spending that happened before that. They increased the debt ceiling three times, three times during Dump's presidency, three times. Twice, if I'm if I recall correctly, twice, two of those instances, we actually had to furlough employees uh, because Congress was shut down during his administration. And then when the midterms happened, things changed. That's when bills started passing. That's when they started passing the Unemployment Act, mm-hmm. allowing people to stay on unemployment a lot longer. Well, I just, the, the point is, yeah. while I think he's doing the best that he can, mm-hmm. I think that there were some accolades that he attributed his presidency to that aren't technically steeped too much in reality. Well, I mean, he should take, you know, when you think about how the previous administration handled the 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 rise of covid and how his his administration had to pick up the pieces of what was left and take this whole vaccine movement and push it to the point where it became what it was where we had large numbers of people being vaccinated and starting to actually get these vaccines to places that needed them you know these vaccines didn't become available until the first 2 months really in mass quantities of 2021, right? You started seeing the first few vaccines being given to people in October, November of 2020. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until 2021 when I got my vaccine that it became readily available for the mass general population. And they started offering the vaccines by um, by last names or like if your last name well, was yeah, like A to... Last name. Right. But also like Trump tried to take credit for that. He, it wasn't him. It was a hot mess. But that's, yeah. The point that I'm trying to make is while I think that our president is doing the best that he can... Um. I think that we all, as, you know, individuals need to fact check shit. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't think he said anything that wasn't... I don't think he said anything that should have incited a situation that happened. Right. But I, I, and I think that, you know, he he was very gracious in the way that he approached it. And I think that he did say everything, everything that he said is technically true. I just think that, like... Is there a little bit of um, disingenuous? Is he being a little disingenuous when it comes to how much of that was part of his administration? Maybe. We don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, But in the end, I mean, when you talk about, for example, the sunsetting of Social Security, when he set some Republicans and they all got up in arms because he was like, oh, you're basically just saying the Republican Party. No, there is a video of a senator who wanted to introduce the bill. And said it out loud, and McConnell was like, "Shut that motherfucking shit down." And you know, I fucking believe, like, one hundred percent, shut it, it down be shut because the fuck that down. that's a losing uh, strategy if you if if you want to go after elders. We've uh, been paying to, into that since our first fucking job. No fucking way. You know, and it's very that's the thing. It's it's not it's not like they're paying people. You know, that's money that's that that's owed. Right. Yeah. You, period. Yeah. That right. shouldn't even be a conversation that's coming. That up. money's already been spent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so the the interesting thing is, is that um, when I when I see the dynamics of what was happening in that chamber, for me, my takeaway was that um, seldom have you ever seen a president engage with someone who's 
coming at him from way far back in the freaking bleachers. I mean, she had like the worst seats you could have at a Beyonce concert. <laughs> um, and I will say he, you know, we have seen him stumble over mm-hmm. words and oh, he had and, his moments. Oh yeah, but he handled that situation perfectly, very well. Because he was like, "Call my office." I I love his his nonchalant way of just making things um, lightly, joking jokingly in a light way. Like, you know, I have the facts, call my office. And he's like, literally like looking at all of them. I would say, I just found that whole thing. Um, it, it was, it was a version of Joe Biden that we haven't seen in many years. Mm-hmm. Um, and he showed up last night. So that is that 39 minutes in ladies and gents, we do need to go to break um, because um, she needs to empty her bladder into all that good stuff. Not that you needed to know that, but I'm going to tell you anyway. And when we come back, we're going to hash out all of the amazing things that happened in TV and on the Grammy. So stick around. We will be right back. All right, ladies and gents, welcome back from the break. Thank you for allowing us to uh, do all the things that we need to do. I had to go empty my bladder, rinse and repeat, and do all of the, you know, refresh and the shots and all that good stuff. We're back. Um, we're here. We're queer. And we're going to go talk about entertainment and TV and all that good stuff. Because um, I have to tell you, queer representation right now in TV is... I think at its finest. Lit. Lit. It is litty. <laughs> um, no, but I, so I don't know if I, if I want to start with the Grammys or if I want to start with The Last of Us. Um, I'll let you guys choose. Last of Us or Grammys? Jay? Last of Us. All right. Last of Us. So... Last of Us is a video game uh, which has been out for quite some time. There's many iterations of the game, but the game itself was actually adapted into a storyline that then HBO um, turned into a series. I didn't know what it was about, and I started watching it. It stars Bella Ramsey, and if you don't know who she is or um, uh, if you've never seen her in anything else, she actually played... Um, one of the characters in Game of Thrones. She was um, Liana Mormont from Bear Island, and she's the one that dies when the with the when the giant grabs her and she stabs the giant in the eye in the Battle of Winterfell. Um, she's amazing. I mean, she was very impactful in Game of Thrones, and she's a fucking spitfire in the show. I will tell you. Uh, and then, of course, there's Pedro Pascal, who also plays Oberyn. Um, he is so Yes, hot. he is. There's something about him that's I just know. so real. Um, and so the two of them are, you know, they're they're basically highlighting, the, the or how would I say, headlining this show and, and taking us through the storyline. And it, it was very interesting, right? Because it's it's almost a very it, it's a very apocalyptic type of show. So it talks about you know um, a plague, some sort of fungal plague that takes over the world, and you know things start going crazy. It's 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 almost very like zombieish. Like mm-hmm. there have been memes that have that I've been seeing where. After you watch the first episode of Last of Us, you're going outside with a shovel and killing all the fucking mushrooms. Oh, the mushrooms. Yeah, pretty much. 
Um, or yeah, here's, so, or, or they'll show um, one of the faces of one of the the people that have yeah. been aff- afflicted by yeah. whatever disease that is, and says, "This is what happens when you come back from like you know a romp somewhere like the white party. Like this is what your ass <laughs> yeah. looks like after the white party, right? Um, that kind of stuff." But it's a great show. I love it. I'm into it. I'm going to continue to watch it. But I want to talk about episode three. What happened? Episode three was absolutely intense, incredible. To me, it is one of the most um, representative episodes um, in regards to um, a same-sex couple um, that really shows love in, in a way that we have not seen really on TV portrayed in a sense where it it takes our relationships seriously. It talks about, or it really displays our ability to be human, our abilities to have differences, our abilities to reconcile those differences and to, you know, go through the, through the, the roller coaster of complexities in relationships, just like we see with heterosexual couples every day. Um, and the entire episode uh, was basically surrounded around the storyline between these Backstory, two gay yeah. these two gay characters, right? So I, I think uh, it's important to kind of mention before we go further. Yes, in the game, um, it's only uh, inferred. Yeah, well, not inferred, but it said that he, he had a partner, right? And his partner passed. So in the actual game itself, they don't disclose. There's no storyline. Yeah, right. Yeah. So when so, they did the show, um, I was watching the director's um, comment, right. comment, commentary. Commentary. Yeah. And um, they did state that there was something that they definitely wanted to expand on. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely worth worth the watch. Um, right. It was good. It was good. So I will say this though, um, you know, the fact that they took um, that and expanded on that story was significant in itself because, like I said, I felt like I just saw, you know, a, a homosexual relationship in a, in a whole new light that I have not seen in decades on television. Typically, when you see um, homosexual couples or same-sex couples on TV, it's there's always a very funny one, and it's all very sexual, and it's all very you know like sexualized, or um, you know there's always something tragic happening to mm-hmm. to gay people, or it's an open relationship, right? Where there's a third involved. There's always right. Some, They're always yeah. showing all the other things um, about you know. So, relationships that don't necessarily align with with heterosexual people. So I I actually I saw an article about this the other day. So I also loved the episode, but what I found funny was the article that I read or I read a portion of it um was like the type of show that this is, right? Mm-hmm. And the type of game that this is invites a demographic that you wouldn't necessarily um, assume would be uh, steeped in the homosexual um, community, right? They right. Would, And so I feel like this episode um, was like a shock, like, Holy fuck, what am I, feel. I'm not going to stop watching this because I, I want to watch the show, but like, I can't believe I'm watching a gay love story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was kind of brilliant. It yeah. was amazing. So, you know, uh, aside from the one scene where they're both getting into bed, there was nothing sexual about it. 
And it wasn't uh, over. There, there was, it wasn't over was, sexualized like they do in a lot of other uh, right. yeah, portrayals. It was, it was definitely more about companionship, 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 nice. and, and the complexities of going through a relationship. Like yeah. you know, no, dude, I just want to leave my fucking lawn the way it is. No, bitch, we have to go come decorate this town and make mm-hmm. it pretty. Yeah, you know. So when we <laughs> for when we have people in and have right, friends, and he and, was like, no, that is not happening. Yeah. you know. So so as you mentioned, that was a very very great observation uh, in the fact that. You know, given the type of game that it is, you wouldn't expect that the demographic that typically plays this game would be exposed to or would be shocked by the fact that they yeah. decided to make episode three about a love story of two men. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, again, and the game is just inferred. Know, yeah, it's inferred and then right. it's pretty much it. And not to say that, so, like, gays aren't gamers because huh? we definitely are there are plenty of gamers. us oh, of course yeah but, gamers. but at, at the same time i think like the demographic does lean more toward like a heterosexual audience right. yes in, in a way or can right and so i i, I find it very um uh, like i'm i'm really surprised and proud of hbo for for taking that risk you right. know taking that risk and saying you know we probably are a demographic or a decent portion of our right. demographic wouldn't necessarily support a show like or a show that has a storyline like this. Right. But we're doing it anyway. Right. And they did it. And of course, the, you know, the straight hetero internet lost their fucking shit over yeah. this episode. Yeah. I, and, know, I saw someone that I know that posted. It was like, what is this? Uh, is this based on a TV show or or on Brokeback Mountain? <laughs> right, and and they're talking about both. You know, yeah. it, it, both. And that, actually, that was my response. It's like, a little bit of both. Know, what do you do? Yeah. You know, um, but it, it just goes to show you that you know while we are making strides and queer representation is really like just popping up everywhere, and it's beautiful to see and it's amazing to see. These aren't the kind of stories that we were exposed to when we were younger. These aren't the kind of stories that we were allowed to to um, assimilate and view ourselves in. And, you know, I, I had to to write some things down for what I was thinking at the time. And, I, and, and in a sense, and I said, you know, if you're wondering why queer people are so obsessed with the love story between these two gay guys in the third episode of The Last of Us it is because we don't get stories like this. Not all the time. We don't see them often, you know, and even, for example, with Brokeback Mountain, which was very controversial and very, um, you know, amazing when it came out. Yeah, the movie was long. It was long. It was mundane, but it was always about the sexual component behind it, right? It was just like all that tension ended up in just a very aggressive sexual scene with no fucking lube. That hurts. Yeah. It hurts. Spit yeah. does not work. That was a mint, meat mince toll. I, I, yeah, I just want to say that. Um, and, and so for me, <laughs> it was just like, I felt like, you know, when, when, when I was growing up, all I did was watch, you know, countless gay men die of AIDS. Yeah. But I never saw one, you know, die of old age. There wasn't, there was an entire generation that didn't get to grow old, an entire generation of queer people and elders that we lost yep. as a result of that. And so, I love seeing two gay men grow old together and it's what, you know, it's what I want eventually someday if people stop ghosting me when we're dating. Um, just want to throw that out there. Um, 
What? You know, and, and being <laughs> able to increasingly being able to move, um, uh, moving to be able to, to see this kind of love story unfold on screen is what I want to see because I am not all about sex. I am not all about a fat. I am not all about just being an individual that 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 has no substance to my life, you know? And I I just want to say how incredible, incredibly proud I was to watch this episode mm-hmm. of The Last of Us. Well, you know, like, so this is a weird comparison, mm. but, you know, the arc of their relationship and, you, you know, the fact that mm. one of the individuals hadn't really come to terms with who they were. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this person came into their lives and it just kind of like unfolded the way it did. But then the way it continued to unfold, it was about like protection, survival, yes, love and compromise. But also it reminded me of um, the notebook in a way. And I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Right. But we have never seen a story, you know, that arcs someone's true full relationship and I say that because right. you know they were they were one another's like rock. They 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 were each other's strength. Right. And when one was going, the other one knew it was his time. He he his purpose on life was served. He got to spend it with somebody that he loved and cared mm-hmm. about, and couldn't imagine living life without him. Not to say that that is the right thing to do. But um, it was a very powerful choice. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and there was a lot of things that happened during that, that whole exchange as I'm watching and I'm saying to himself, all right, here's someone. Dude's got a fucking bunker. Every gun imaginable. Yeah. Like, I would probably say he was a Trumper. Doomsday right? prepper. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Doomsday prepper. Total Trumper. Like monitors, electric fence, the whole nine yards. And um, and then you have the total opposite, right? But it's weird to see this this Trump like person with a fucking bunker, every fucking gun imaginable under the fucking sun. Um, you know, live in a house, and then he's cooking like he's fucking. That's what, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, gourmet I, chef. Gourmet when I was watching chef. it, yeah. I was like. There's something. There's something going on. Yeah. I was like, yeah. this motherfucker is like, like literally embodying fucking. There was a Julia fucking demi glaze yeah. on the duck. Like, come yeah. on. <laughs> he was like embodying Julia, like Julia Child and shit. He just walks yeah. out and he puts the forks all nice and neat, and he's like, here, eat. And the guy's looking at him like, all right, oh, something. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. And then the piano scene. The piano scene was very beautiful. No, but also, nice. I that was nice, but not to get crass a little bit. But my mm. favorite was when they had their first, I guess, sexual interaction. And he was like, okay, go shower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, well, that was right after dinner. Yeah. yeah. He was yeah. like, this is happening. So, so yeah, go, go shower. shower. Yeah. And then the next scene, it's like 14 years later. Yeah. Right. It's yeah, like 14 I, I, years. Yeah, But I, I think, what, what was it? Um, is it in the bedroom when, when he's like, um, I don't just have sex with anyone. You yeah. Know, like, if this is happening, I'm staying. I, 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 will, I will tell you, there that's isn't me. anyone 100%. left. I'm like, we have sex. Anyone I left to have sex with, yeah. unless you want to have sex with fungus. Yeah. Like for um, real. No, I just thought it was just it was beautifully good. done. Yeah. Bravo, HBO, you killed it. Beautiful episode. Um, I think that um, it'll be one of the most poignant TV moments that I will remember for the rest of my life. 
because of the way that it was written, the way it was shot, and the way that it just all played out on screen. So I want to watch it again. I probably will, yeah. So did you cry? It was good. I did a bit, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I cry at everything. Yeah, I know. I'd be crying (laughs) comedies, for God's sake. So I I, I was expecting. Those emotional moments happen. Yeah, Yeah. I know. I know. Absolutely. It It was nice. It was cute. It was very cute. I was actually... So... Um, my roommate's partner had seen the episode, but my roommate hadn't. And I was texting him back and forth, and I was like, "You motherfucker!" Because he was like, "Just get ready, you're gonna cry." Because he obviously knows I cry too. And I'm like, "This is bullshit. They just drank the wine." And he was like, "Oh God, girl." Uh, <laughs> so if you are, if oh, you FYI, have, spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> if you've been living under a rock, um. Crawl out and uh, go watch The Last of Us, um, episode three. Watch the show. It's a good show. But episode three, beautiful. Absolutely fucking beautiful. It was nice. So do that. And he paired the right wine with the rabbits. Right. The last thing I I would say, though, too, is what I found kind of amazing is that this guy came into his life into the um, trumper's life right and he was ready to cut off everybody right and then you get to the end of the episode and you see how thoughtful he was in fact in thinking okay i'm making this choice but i know somebody might come and that somebody is somebody that i care about right because this person brought him into my life right and how can i make sure they're okay Yep. Right. Yep. Don't open he, the bedroom door. Literally, cha- I left the window open so the smell doesn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's like he changed yeah. this this relationship, right. and many relationships do this, but it changes the one. Well, both of their perspectives, right? right. And and they like they were such a balanced couple in a crazy way. I don't think they were balanced at all. I just think they were complete opposites, and they just made it work. Yeah, that could be it. You know, because I mean, the guy was like, no, I'm going to the freaking like dress store and we're going to redo the whole fucking thing. How about this? They brought they brought balance in different ways to one another's lives. I agree. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. It was a beautiful story. I love the way they told it. Bravo, HBO. So, yes. All right. Last thing we want to talk about today, uh, of course, you, there's a lot that happened in, in TV um, and that is pointed to our community. The Grammys. Oh, my. Did you watch? I didn't. You didn't. I watched a little bit. So I will tell you if you guys noticed as you walked into the house, there's fucking cable wire running through my kitchen. There's living fucking room. cameras everywhere now. Well, yeah, that's that, too. So I ended up. <laughs> so. I don't. So the Grammys televised uh, their live televised um, event was on CBS. I don't have CBS on on my sling, right on my sling lineup. But it is a free channel over the fucking air. And I, when I first moved in, I put this massive fucking antenna in my. Oh my god! In your yeah. In my um. In my not in my roof, but in my um, Attic. attic. And so the only TV that I haven't connected to it is the one in the living room because I haven't run the cable and did the holes and do all that stuff. So I found a connection somewhere in the house and I ran. I had 
I was literally on break looking at that cable like, what the fuck happened over so there? So that's what it was. So I, I ran it through the house. I found one that I wasn't using because remember I had a TV in the kitchen yeah, yeah, yeah. and I took it down. So there was a cable there and I just piggybacked off of that one and I put it to the main TV so that I can get CVS and watch it over the air, right? It's a, it's, it's a digital channel that's available. And so I started watching the Grammys before I went to work on Sunday. And let me tell you, I'm glad I did. First and foremost, Bad Bunny opened the fucking show with a Latin infused like musical presentation, which which was just fucking incredible. It was amazing. And I thought to myself, wow, okay, I'm watching a fellow Puerto Rican go on stage, do his thing, get that crowd going. Um, Overall, his performance was great. His attitude afterwards was a little, uh, but the performance was fantastic. Uh, And we have to think about when we put things in perspective. I don't know what his, um, you know, what he identifies as. But when you think about what he's done for our community, you know, he's been one of those artists, for example, when there was a young uh, transgender individual. Her name was Alexa. She was murdered in Puerto Rico. And, you know, there was a lot of, you know, well, she shouldn't have been out there. Controversy, yeah. There was a lot of controversy behind her death and, and, you know, the fact that, you know, things weren't happening, investigations Mm -hmm. weren't happening and things like that. And he took it upon himself to actually advocate for the community. And he started doing videos where he was wearing skirts and being androgynous, even though he's what I perceive to be a straight man, right? But I don't know. Um, so he has always been at the forefront of, of defending the rights of people who are disadvantaged. And I appreciate him for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact that he opened the show and did that, fantastic, great, awesome. Thank you, Grammys. He did. And and, and you also got to remember that the songs that he, ch- that he actually sang right. um, also talk about the music industry and, and the way that they, uh, unfortunately... Take advantage of musicians, right? So he, <laughs> you he know, was like in an like award ceremony, double edged sword. He yeah. Do, yeah, double edged sword. Right. So, I mean, he's he's um, you know, uh, Puerto Rican Latino artist, right? World recognized, which, right? Which you can't, you know. And the um, interesting is the interesting thing is that when he went on stage to accept um, an award because he did win an award, he won a Grammy. Mm-hmm. Um, most of his acceptance speech was in Spanish. He was like, fuck you. You know, it's uh-huh. like my English, my English is broken, but I'm going to come how I am. Yeah. This is who I am. And he yep. accepted it in Spanish and people just had to sit there and just take it. And yep. I thought it was just a very, very powerful and beautiful moment from this artist um, who, as you said, is world renowned now. World, right? world renowned. And it's, it's amazing at the work he's done. He's, he's, uh, been nominated and and he's won three Grammys. Yeah, yeah. Three, no, I mean he's he's in the Latin and the Latin billboards three years in a row. Um, <clears throat> so I mean he's yeah he's he's coming up and he's bringing people up with him. So that's right. the other thing. He's you know he's got his own label going. He he's he's doing stuff for his people. Right, you know? and it's it's a it's beautiful yeah. it's a beautiful thing to see. So the, that's the only reason why I wanted to, to you know point out the fact that you know he is a supporter of our community and the fact that he has uh, on many occasions you know put our our fight for rights and liberation in the forefront of his art, which yeah. I believe is just incredibly yeah. powerful. And I and I think uh, he he did uh, identify as gender fluid. 
uh, in an interview sometime back. So right, I don't know if it's still the same. You know, and, and you know, everybody has everybody a right to change. change but right. uh, he did. He did. Uh, I think it was oh man, how long ago was that? It was. It was probably a while back, yeah, and it, I think it was so probably ago. like shortly after Alexa's death. Yeah. Um, you know that he, that he did that. So next up. I wanted to talk about the queen. No, we're not talking about this queen. Oh. Queen B. <laughs> I wanted to talk about Queen B. Ms. Beyonce. No, I'm serious. No, Ms. Beyonce. So uh, Beyonce, um, she added several Grammys um, during the night as she won several awards to add to her impressive collection of record-breaking uh, Grammy wins. Um, with a whopping 32 Grammys, she is now the most decorated Grammy winner in history. So I think there was a composer that had 31 Grammys, which honestly, I don't know who the composer is, but I just want to probably say, maybe I'm going to go on a limb here and say John Williams, which is the composer for most of like Star Wars. But she beat him and she literally with 32 grammys now has the most grammys in in world history so um but no, it's george salty salty okay i don't know who george salty is but i feel like if 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 chris was here he would like yep i listened to him <laughs> like i i think that would happen so uh but one of the things that i wanted to point out um in regards to beyonce um, is the fact that when she had her acceptance speech, she made an homage to our community. And so I wanted to play a little snippet of her acceptance speech. It's like a minute and so long, so bear with us, but um, take a listen. Thank you so much. I'm trying not to be too emotional. And I'm trying to just receive this night... I want to thank God for protecting me. Thank you, God. I'd like to thank my Uncle Johnny, who's not here, but he's here in spirit. I'd like to thank my parents, my father, my mother, for loving me and pushing me. I'd like to thank my beautiful husband, my beautiful three children who are at home watching. I'd like to thank the queer community for your love and for inventing this genre. God bless you. Thank you so much to the Grammys. Wow. So, um, she dedicated her Grammy to members of our community for inventing the genre, but she also spoke about her uncle um, and her uncle, um, Johnny, who she referenced in her acceptance speech died of AIDS right along, right around the time when her career started. Um, I'm not too clear as to whether or not her uncle was part of the community or not, but um, I'm going to say that this may have been a reason why she decided to one dedicate the award to him. And also um, I think that in a sense, her new album Renaissance, which is all about it's, it's a dance kind of like album. Mm -hmm. 
There's a lot of music that's that that's danced infused, um, which she dedicated to the community could be a, a reason why, um, you know, she would have um, wanted to dedicate one that Grammy to her uncle and also pay homage to the um, queer community, which I just think it's just fantastic. So Girl, that's beautiful. I love it. It's beautiful. Awesome. I think it's just a beautiful thing. Um, so congratulations to Beyonce and becoming the most decorated Grammy award winner in, in history. Um, you know, and, and I think, um, she's a beautiful thing. Most decorated female. She's tied with Quincy Jones right now. Really? Just a female. No, she's the female. She's, she's got, what was that? 28. I think so. She's got 32 Grammys. She's the most, she is is the most decorated. 31 golden. Uh, let me see. I was just reading. Oh man, I lost it. Yeah. Anyway, sounds like my okay, love yeah, life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's that. And then that's I wanted awesome. to talk about another moment, um, which also happens to be a moment that happened on the Grammys, uh, which was, of course, Madonna coming on stage. Madonna, as you know, has always been a very huge supporter of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, there's been a lot of controversy along, you know, surrounding her her appearances and, and her videos and uh, all of the craziness and 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 amazing things and 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 works of art that she's given us throughout the decades. Um, but she came on stage um, to talk about, you know, some you know acceptance and being fierce and being crazy and being you know, a troublemaker and being all these things, but ultimately being you right before she had an opportunity to come in and um, introduce the performers that would later on go on to also win a Grammy. And that was, of course, Kim Petras and Sam Smith, which won for Best Pop Duo uh, for their song or their collaboration called Unholy. Sam Smith, uh, being someone who's been in the music industry for quite a while, stepped aside And he said, you know, I'm going to give the mic to Kim Petras, which he did. And the reason why uh, he said, because Petras, um, you know, this is a monumental moment for the trans community as she becomes the first trans person to win a Grammy Mm -hmm. in a major category. And she got up to the stage, you know, and she did her thing and talked about her experience and how, you know, fortunate she is to be a trans woman, uh, to be accepted and to be rewarded for her art in, in, in music. And it was just such a powerful moment. Not only that, they performed the song Mm -hmm. on the Grammys as well. So that was very, very, very powerful in itself. So when I tell you the Grammys were queer as fuck, they were queer as fuck. They were amazing. And I loved every minute of it. And his outfit. His outfit was live, <laughs> so I actually have it up there. So can you see a little corner? Yes. So anyway, um, Harry Styles looked amazing. He always does. Such a little cutie. Uh, His little, he had that little fringe outfit, and as he was dancing, and thing was, it, it almost reminded me of Tina Turner back in the seventies when she was doing like to my surprise. I can see that. <laughs> people oh my god but it was amazing uh his performance was great he was cute um lizzo lizzo nearly damn killed the entire crowd with her performance it was that hot it. it was that hot so she ended up performing it's about damn time uh with a fucking choir 
That's all I'm going to say because you haven't seen it. Watch it, girl. Okay. You have to see it. Amazing. Um, And then lastly, I want to just talk about a little bit about Laverne Cox. We've talked about her on the show before. Laverne Cox is another trans woman who has been breaking boundaries since Orange is the New Black. Um, she has been doing a whole bunch of things. She's got a lot of initiatives that are, are really focused on, you know, the well-being of trans people. But she took the red carpet because she's actually doing um, some correspondence work for, I believe, E, if I'm not mistaken, E Entertainment, Entertainment News. And so she'll hang around the red carpet and talk to all of the celebrities as they're walking in and doing their main entrance and blah, 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 blah. But, oh, my God, she looked amazing. She looked stunning and so regal and beautiful. And I was just so, like, living for her look yesterday. I so, mean, yeah, she's beautiful. Yeah. And um, and then there was Adele. Adele looked insane. No, you're missing one really important. I am. Yeah. Well, I was waiting for you to, you know, do your thing. Tell us. Do tell. Viola Davis became the third black woman mm-hmm. To achieve EGOT status. Right. Right. And so, see, and the reason why I didn't remember that is because it was not part of the telecast. Okay. Right. And so there's certain awards. As someone who's been to the Grammys before, you don't get to see all the awards Mm -hmm. at the Grammys, right? It's like, so they have this pre-award, pre-televised portion of the show that that only... um, the majority of the people get Grammys for, and then they take the last two and a half, three hours to do the actual show where all the performers are going to come in and perform. And then they just give out the top honors during the televised version of the show. But like hundreds of people win Grammys before the even televised. Oh yeah. Same thing with Tony's. Yeah. And um, so, yeah. And the beautiful thing is that she came up and accepted the award and she goes like, Oh my God, I just EGOT. Yeah. I just got EGOT. And um, so bravo, bravo to my old Davis. I mean, she's fantastic. Love her, mm-hmm. love her, love her. Mm. Yeah. Anything else? Did I miss? I didn't uh, watch, so no. Yeah, I haven't so, watched it either. So watch the clips, watch the fun stuff. It was good. It was yeah. good. Adela Khan, and she got to touch the rock. Oh. Apparently, she's a fan. I mean, so am I. <laughs> so she was a fan. She's never met him, and so of course, Trevor Noah was hosting nice he's like well i heard that you have never met the rock or dwayne johnson as as he called him and he goes and as it happens i kind of run the show so (laughs) i don't know dwayne johnson but i know the rock and he would love to meet you and he comes out and he just like she just like lights up her boyfriend is right next to her Uh, well everybody (laughs) has their hot tub Right. <laughs> and so, of course, they hug and she's like, oh, my God, it's so great to meet you. And then he presents the award um, for best pop vocal that she happens to win. And he presents the award to her. Hello. I think they staged that. Probably. Yeah, probably. So, Obviously. So I just thought it was wonderful. But those were the Grammys in a nutshell, at least what I can remember from the little bit that I watched before I had to go to the bar and work, um, which, you know. Before we know it, you won't have to do anymore. Aren't you just so happy? Yeah. Yeah. It's been 10 years since I've seen an award show live. It's been 84 years. It's been 84 (laughs) years. So anyway, um, all right. Well, I'm going to toss it over to my boys. We do have to say good night. So um, Trish, start with you. Yeah, sure. 
All right, everybody. Here's Mama Kim's Minute. Number one, Doritos tugs at heartstrings with ads celebrating lesbian love. Number two, Kim Petras was not the first trans person to win a Grammy, but the first trans person to win a Grammy in a... Major category. Thank you. Number three, queer people face discrimination in healthcare. Here are the people changing that. Okay, so all those stories will be available on tonight's post. You can click on them, read them for yourself. Please do us a favor and do so. And we have our own amazing Mama Kim behind the scenes, you know, giving us some amazing content for all you all. And uh, just make sure that, you know, check it out. So I'm going to toss it over to our dear friend Jay Bird over here for On This Day in Gay History. And here we go. Uh, February 8th, 1990, (laughs) Washington, (laughs) D.C. I had to read that twice, huh? Uh, the U.S. Senate passes a hate crime statistics act. The bill requires the federal government to comply to compile statistics on hate crime against gays and lesbians. It is the first law to recognize homosexuals in the U.S. It's about damn time, like Lizzo says. <laughs> anyway, um, over to uh, Jay. You, it's it's your turn. And I'll, you keep I guess going. I'll keep going. And yes, sir. Here are our announcements. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcasting service. By subscribing, you get the latest and greatest of our show delivered right to your favorite device or web browser as soon as the episode is published. You can also support us on Patreon. With Patreon, you, our listeners, can help support the show with a pledged donation. The donations are collected monthly and can be in any denomination of a dollar or more. Yas Queen. And now uh, here's Trish with a weekly reminder for all of you bottoms out there who want to keep your buttholes on point. Yes, we are talking about the future method. So let me give the bitch some love. Ta-ta. All right, everybody. Get the future method today. Each time you clean out with water or enemas, delicate tissues are harmed and cells are damaged, increasing chances of injury and or STDs. This first-of-its-kind doctor-developed formula gently cleanses before you play without hurting your bum. Visit futuremethod.com to purchase your life-changing bum cleanser today. All right. And is it my turn? My turn. All right, go for it. Because it's time to put a ring on it. All righty then. Beyonce. (laughs) (laughs) And as always, our show is available on our website, gaytalk20.com, under audio podcast. It is also available as a free download on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio. You can find us on social media, Facebook, Gay Talk 2.0, Instagram, Gay Talk 2.0. You can email us at gaytalk 2.0. At GayTalk20.com. Sorry, I got distracted by the camera. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's my turn? Yes. Oh, I thought thought there was more. I forgot we got rid of Twitter. All right. Well, ladies and gents, um, if you need to reach out to us, just head on over to our website. Click on the Contact Us tab. There you can leave comments, suggest topics, submit a question for the cast, or an individual host. You can also call us and support us. um, Excuse me. Call us and leave us your questions via voice message, and we can answer those questions for you on the show. The phone number is 334-GAY-TALK, and if you need all those digits it is 334-429-8255 don't forget that we do stream live every 
Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can access our live stream by visiting our website, gaytalk20.com. With that, ladies and gents, that is our show. Thank you, and y'all have a good night. Bye! Thank you for listening to this episode of Gay Talk 2.0. Tune in next time for more Dish.